Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Dave Nickel from Congregation Ruach Israel. I'm coming from Boston, Massachusetts. This week, we're discussing Parshat Tetzaveh. Our text begins in Exodus 27, starting in verse 20. In Parshat Tetzaveh, we get the first explicit mention of Aaron and his sons as priests of Israel. While priests are mentioned earlier in the book of Exodus, this is where Aaron's family explicitly gets the job. The first order of business seems to be their wardrobe. Chapter 28, verse 3 says, Make sacral vestments for your brother Aaron for dignity and adornment. As they say, the ephod makes the man. And Aaron's family gets an entire chapter. Moses is notably not mentioned by name in Tetzaveh, but the grammar seems to emphasize his role. The first words of the Parsha you shall further instruct the Israelites, begins not with tetzaveh, command, but ve'ata tetzaveh, adding emphasis on the you. Perhaps it'd be better translated as you yourself shall instruct the Israelites. The same emphasis begins chapter 28, where it instructs him, you shall bring forward your brother Aaron. In fact, the entire Parsha seems to be directed specifically at Moses, employing the singular imperative tense throughout, yet doesn't use his name a single time. The commentator Ramban, also known as Nachmanides, sees this grammatical nuance as directing Moses to do the work personally and not to delegate any of the details. However, while Moses is clearly the responsible party, making the garments is also a communal endeavor. Actually making the garments are those from among the community, poetically described as the wise of heart that I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. So while the only people explicitly named in the Parsha are Aaron and his sons. Moses is hardly peripheral. And we are also introduced to some as yet unnamed artisans who are filled, Malay, with a spirit of wisdom, who have the artistry and technical skills to actually make the garments. What follows is a description of the garments for the priestly service throughout chapter 28 that is perhaps more detailed than modern readers would prefer unless you happen to be a clothing designer trying to make them, in which case it is probably frustratingly spare on details. The garments include a breastpiece, an ephod, a robe, a fringed tunic, a headdress, and a sash. 2841 says, put these garments on your brother Aaron and his sons as well, anoint them and ordain them, umileta et yadam, and consecrate them to serve me as priests. In this verse and several others, Moses is commanded to ordain Aaron and his sons as priests, as in Exodus 29.9, umileta yad aharon v'yad benav, literally, you shall fill Aaron's hands and the hands of his sons. What is this filling of his hands? Rashi relates this idiom of filling their hands to a French custom. Quoting Rashi on 28.41, when someone is inaugurated, entering upon a particular task from that day on, his hand is filled with it. Here in Europe, when someone is appointed to a position, the ruler puts a leather glove in his hand, calling it a gauntlet, by means of which he is invested with the office and takes possession of it. Such a transmittal of authority is filling the hand." End quote. Just as Moses commanded the building of the Mishkan, a physical structure to house the presence of God among the people, now he builds a social structure, starting with the priests who facilitate and mediate God's presence. But it is not enough to consecrate them or anoint them. Even the clothes do not fully make the man or put them in their place. Additionally, their hands must be filled. They must have something to put their hands to. 
they need a job. Which is perhaps why, immediately after the consecration ceremony, before the Parsha ends, even before the instructions for the building of the altar, God commands concerning the daily Tamid offering. The Tamid is the workhorse of the sacrifices, performed twice daily, the primary occupation of the priests that are serving. In uh, chapter 29, verse 38 through 43, the Torah reads, Now this is what you shall offer upon the altar, two yearling lambs each day regularly. You shall offer the one lamb in the morning and you shall offer the other lamb at twilight, a regular burnt offering throughout the generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord. For there I will meet with you and there I will speak with you and there I will meet with the Israelites and it shall be sanctified by my presence. End quote. The priests are not set apart simply for the sake of being set apart. While there may be inherent value in being set apart, that is to say, holiness, the priests of Israel are not an aristocracy as an end unto themselves. Rather, they are set apart for a vocation, a calling. They have a purpose. One perhaps underrated element to healthy, thriving humans is just this, a sense of purpose. In a recent TED Talk, Johan Hari, an author who specializes in depression, points to a growing body of research showing that, among other things, not having a sense of purpose is related to depression. What's more, it is important for people to have this sense of purpose in the context of social bonds. In order to be a whole person, we each need a vocation that is bigger than ourselves. It need not be glamorous or excessively heroic, and its main ingredients may simply be caring for the people put in front of us, but it must demand something of us. This is why it is not enough to consecrate Aaron and his sons as priests. Rather, Moses is further instructed to fill their hands by giving them the Tamid offering to perform daily. Not that the Tamid offering was all they did. It would trivialize the role of priests to think of them as essentially glorified slaughterhouse workers, their real vocation was mediating the presence of Hashem to the rest of the community as judges, communal leaders, and in the overall maintenance of the Israelite religion. This first offering, however, gets them started with something practical, achievable, and meaningful. Now that the temple service is not with us, who performs these varied tasks? While Aaron's descendants are still given a place of honor in our communities today, they no longer play a central role in Israel's worship. Yeshua acts as the high priest, and an aspect of the priesthood is given to all the children of Israel. As the priest's garments are described, you may notice various piece parts made partially or wholly of blue, or techelet. For example, the breast, piece, the breast piece is held in place by a cord of blue, biptil techelet, in 28, verse 28. This expression is found in another place in the Torah, but is part of an otherwise inscrutable commandment. Numbers 15 Verses 38 and 39 say, The Lord said to Moses as follows, Speak to the Israelite people and instruct them to make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments throughout the ages. Let them attach a cord of blue, petil techelet, to the fringe at each corner. You may recognize this as the source of the commitment to wear tzitzit. One can think of this cord of techelet, blue, that's part of the talit, as a small part of the priestly uniform designated for all Israel. Just as the Levites are set apart from among Israel and the priests from among the Levites, so Israel is set apart from among the nations. 
and not without a vocation of our own, and in some sense, a uniform. But again, now that the temple does not stand, what is our vocation? What, when we wake up tomorrow, is the purpose that fills our hands? Well, that is no small question, and it deserves more than a final paragraph. Perhaps it is best left as an exercise for the reader to be discovered through study and prayer alongside our community. What is it that we are filled with a spirit of wisdom to accomplish? May each of us, Bezrat Hashem, with God's help, find our role in establishing the glorious state of affairs described later in the Parsha, wherein chapter 29, verses 45 and 46, it says, I will abide among the Israelites and I will be their God. And they shall know that I, the Lord, am their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might abide among them. I, the Lord, their God. This is Dave Nichol signing off and wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org slash commentaries.